All right, we're off to, where are we going, Dave? Rainbow Donuts in New York, South Carolina. Last year, Winthrop played Tennessee Tech in Cookville. It's a long freaking drive, but we still went to a donut place after the game, and it was a riot. It was hilarious. That's where you earned your nickname, Doc. That's right. We, uh, we met a guy who was a vet who had served in Vietnam, and we got to the donut store, and he had this wide-eyed grim, like, I am going to screw with these guys. <laughs> and I had a wide-eyed grim, and I'm like, I'm gonna screw right back with this guy. Yeah. And we uh, we had a, a, a lovely discourse, and then we had some delicious donuts. Oh, the donuts were fantastic. I, you were the only one that got the specialty donut. Do you remember which one that was? That was... Um, it was like a fritter or something like that? It was a crunch, a something, something crunch. crunch. And it was, it, was, it was really good. And I talked to him about apples, and he called me Doc, and he called our, our colleague Jeremy <laughs> Winder an yeah, engineer. engineer. Right. He didn't have anything for me. Right. So this is... What our, do you think he would call Matt Martin? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, should, we, should, we, should we introduce Matt Martin? Yeah. Well, Matt Martin is the Associate Athletic Director at Winthrop, but not for long because he's <laughs> leaving for the Athletic Director uh, opportunity out in Portland, Oregon at a Division II school. And um, we presume he's excited, and we'll talk to him about that in a moment or two. Now, is it a Division II school? Do I have yeah, that right? Yeah, it is. You did. Yeah, you got it. Concordia. Concordia University in Portland. Concordia University in Portland. Nailed. But. Normally, we do our bearded car casts driving to road games. Right. Winthrop doesn't play a road game no. this week. They play a home game. But we wanted to hang out with Matt one last time before he departs. Plus, we've talked about doing this on the road at some point, and our opportunities to do that <laughs> yeah. ran out. We, we, we kept saying it and never did it, and yeah. here we are. Now we're now we're just taking a road trip it. to York. Right. Which so we're going to York. Love York. To have you know? donuts. Absolutely. Right, because last year Tennessee Tech and Winthrop played, and we had donuts. It worked now well, we're gonna, and it was and it was a win last year too. It was, so, it was. You know, yeah, it was a win. You know, and I'm expecting a win tonight yeah. too. Don't ruin a good thing, you know. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So Matt's from the Pacific Northwest, so we're we're gonna talk a little Pacific Northwest uh, sports. Boy, another great year for the Mariners. Huh? Oh, you know what? Is this, <laughs> we turn this thing off. I'm give me <laughs> give me out of here. Give me out of here. I'm done with this already. What was it like? when you went to school in the Pacific Northwest and worked out there for a little while. I know there were a couple stops in between, but then then came to Winthrop kind of uh, a long way from home, so yeah, to speak. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it was wild. I think um, the, the South and the Southern hospitality I had I'd heard about, yeah. but um, you know, coming down here, the first time going to the grocery store and, and people were talking to me and yeah. you know asking me how my day was and that type of thing was was a little strange for me and so but it was awesome everyone's friendly and so um really easy to kind of come in and fit in when everybody's so nice and so like i tell people back home you know in, in the northwest like it's not a it's it's a real thing you know the southern yeah. hospitality and so it'll be interesting as we go back uh, i'm hopeful that uh that uh, people were as nice up there in Portland, you know, great, great. Uh, uh, the times I've been there, the times I've visited, uh, it's a great city, so we're excited about it, my wife and I. But um, tough to be, tough to beat the Southern hospitality, you know. You'll be closer to your favorite teams, though. I will be absolutely. Yeah, I'm a Seahawks. I'm a Mariner fan. I was a Sonics fan, you know. R.I.P. You're, you're yeah. not an OKC fan? Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, didn't translate. Uh, where, where's didn't the translate. next stop? That's the second time I'm leaving this car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, did not translate. So I uh, yeah, sign up for this. The 90s were a great time to be a Seattle sports fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not, not, now the Seahawks are rolling right so now. So are you a Ken Griffey Jr. guy? Oh, my guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Jay fact, uh, little known fact, today is the 21st. His birthday, his birthday today. He turned 50. Yeah. I know, because we're the same age. Ken Griffey is 50. Yeah. Wow. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was so iconic. I mean, just I mean, he spurred on a generation of kids to wear their hat backwards. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ab and yeah. Make and, it cool. And and like you got Edgar Martinez was on those yeah. teams. Randy Johnson. I was the. Uh, oh, yeah. So we were all in on the Mariners growing up. Um, that so it's tough when uh, you know they've been out of it by uh, yeah. by April for the last few years. So it's uh, it's tough to be a Mariner fan, but. This is, you know, next year is our year. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. No yeah. question. Yeah, you're definitely How a baseball fan. Yeah. Next year is our year. <laughs> exactly. We, well, as a Red Sox fan, we had that for years, so I get it. Yeah. So on the podcast today, we're going to talk about our normal stuff, what's going on in the NFL, and uh, Winthrop off to a very good start 
to the season. And uh, we're going to talk to Matt a little bit about what he's done and where he's going and have him chime in on a, a, a variety of topics. But, but let's start with those Seattle Seahawks. A big one coming up this week. The team has played well. Mike and I have talked for several weeks about who is the best team in the NFC. I think that's pretty unclear at this point. Do, do you think the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I hope they do. I mean, I hope they, you know, you look at, they've got some pieces. Jadavian Clowney obviously yeah. helped them a ton. Um, and Russell Wilson's having an MVP year, and, and I really think he's got to be in consideration, even though there's a ton of other players out there that are, that are you know, certainly worthy. But I, I got to imagine they got, they got to be in it. Now, they got to have a good, strong, you know, strong end of the year. San Francisco is yeah. not going away anytime soon. So, you know, they'll, they'll be fighting, I think, until week 17. But, um, they got as good a chance as anybody in the NFC, so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. What position did you play? You played college football. I played college football at Eastern Washington. Uh, I was a tight end. I was a blocking tight end. Yeah, <laughs> not, you know, I uh, I, mean, I didn't. Stone. I didn't think so. But uh, <laughs> right, right. You, you, know, you should have got the ball every exactly time. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, others Mike, did. Apparently. What position did you play, Mike? I was uh, my freshman year. I was. We only had like 30 kids, so I was or 40. So I, I was a wide receiver and a cornerback. <laughs> And then we got more kids the next year, so they just moved me to offense. There you go. <laughs> That's where I stayed. <laughs> Playmaker, you know? Yeah. I was yeah. the opposite. I wasn't a blocker. <laughs> <laughs> so when you watch a game, do you see it through the spectrum of a tight end, or do you watch, like, everyone else that kind of follows the ball and watches the quarterback? I think it's probably a mixture of both. I think, you know, if you, if you played – you know, football, especially at the collegiate level, I think there's probably a little bit more sophistication than yeah. than for most people in terms of you know what I'm looking at and schemes and those type of things. Um, but I think the further removed I get from it, it's it's more I become more of a fan. For instance, um, you know, a lot of the RPO stuff like didn't yeah. exist when no, I was no. playing. So no. so I think as I see those type of schemes and some of the newer stuff that's coming out. Um, obviously, I just become a fan because I have no idea what they're reading and what, what type of defense you know you play against it and that type of stuff. So, so sooner will sooner rather than later, I'll just be a normal fan watching, just hoping that my team scores. You know, you know I'll answer that too, Dave. It's funny because I I will look to see the routes and see how crisp the wide receivers are running, and it's an old habit because I was a split end, uh, but I'll always look to see where the, the strong safety is because on the on the pitch to my side, my job was to uh, crack back on him and then. Uh, so, I don't know, Old Harvard style. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Would that even still be allowed? Because they've cut back on so no, many no, not chop blocks. side blocks. No, no, not, no, no. No, you'd still have to block the guy, but not. I, I, I wouldn't, like, go for a guy's legs and cut him out. That, that was kind of dirty. Those those uh, days at Merrimack, they were, you, you were taking guys out left and right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was like uh, Ronnie Lott back there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they called you, the Ronnie Lott of? Uh... No, I was more like the Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot was made Big South-wise in the last couple days of Northwestern falling to Radford. Uh, yeah, Merrimack uh, got him first. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Transitional, it, well, actually, basketball, I think, football definitely is in transition. I don't know if basketball can compete yet. Yeah, I mean, but, but like, I saw that, and immediately I was he just like. He thought Northeastern. He didn't think well, it was. Well, yeah. Because Northeastern's you, a big. Right, yeah. When you told me Merrimack beat Northwestern. No North, respect I, I for the Warriors. Was, yeah. I thought wow. it was Northeastern. But then when I saw that Radford beat Northwestern, I'm like, well, hey, Merrimack already <laughs> did that. Like, how, how impressive is that? Like, do you realize. Winthrop, obviously, uh, a week ago, week and a half ago now, beat 18th-ranked St. Mary's. Every year, a team, maybe two teams in the Big South, beat a Power 5 team. But there have only been five instances of a Big South team beating a ranked opponent. Winthrop accounts for three of those five. So, like, you beat St. Mary's and you don't get the pop of beating a Big Ten team or an ACC team, but it's actually far more impressive. And on on their floor, true road game. Right, exactly. I think that was impressive, too. Uh, And then you factor in just what a tough place that was to play. I mean, for... For people that haven't been there, it's but but you have been to some big South places. It, to me, it was a cross between the Miller Center and Presbyterian Gym as far as just look and shape. I mean, Except it was a lot the nicer. Scoreboards were. No, I mean, the scoreboard was like the. Yeah, I mean, the scoreboard was like the length of the baseline. It was the, awesome. It was really cool. The theater lighting was pretty yeah. good too. Yeah. Tell your president about that, Matt. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I think yeah. we need one of these. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's go walk up to Moraga and take a look at it. Before I start, can you just go ahead and install like a a Dactronics board in the end zone? That's not that hard, right? Like a couple million dollar flat screen? We got that later around. And you could do like, you know, like watch parties. You know, you could like... be great, yeah. Absolutely. You could just like put up the ESPN Plus of the Big South and... Well, hey, if the bearded car cast takes off and you guys get this, you know, what do you the, mean the, the, if? Yeah, I mean when? Well, you know when when the money comes pouring in, you know, when that happens, you guys, uh, we'll name it after you. How about well, that? Well, you know, I I know you've got a job and you've got another <laughs> job lined up. You know, as a side gig, I don't know, Mike. What's our uh, what's our structure? Our commission structure? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's negotiable. <laughs> High, highly negotiable. It depends on what you're bringing in. Yeah, you, you might yeah. want to talk to Carl Lyles. I think I, I think he might be. It, it is a generous uh, structure, though. I will say that. <laughs> very, it, very, very generous. generous. Very generous. It, about as generous as it gets, in yeah. fact. Um, how old are you? I'm 31 years old. 31, and you're going to be an athletic hey, director. Awesome. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to do, not not necessarily a job at a specific place, but you wanted to yeah. go into administration? So I, uh, I've i told this story, uh, actually, in my interview out of Concordia a ton. So, so if it found, well, if we'll, see if, we'll yeah. see if we would have hired if, if it you. sounds it rehearsed, up. I was telling the story to them. Um, it was interesting. When I was a... When I was a uh, Undergrad, when I was I was playing football at Eastern Washington, and we had a, an AD change. Uh, Bill Chaves came in um, from I think he was coming from Baylor, and I was a 19-year-old or whatever the case was was that you know then, and he came in and and actually had hired a new coach and really changed the culture of the department. Mm-hmm. And as a stupid you know kid, like I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew all of a sudden it was a lot more fun to be around the department, and yeah. there was just this something about it right it was just more fun to come in and work and get to know everybody and it was great and so um i I think i walked into his office one day and was like hey bill uh i don't know what it is that you do i don't know why you do it i don't know how you do it but i think i want to do it you know i think i want to be an idiot and he kind of laughed at me and was like you sure yeah exactly sit down idiot you know and so um anyway from there we just talked about you know kind of his his journey and and kind of what it would look like and so i started interning and um from that day was, you know, kind of knew I wanted to be an AD and wanted to, to kind of take on this career path and just saw how impactful you, you know, if you do it right, yeah. you can be too. Yeah, because I think before that, I probably wanted to go into coaching or do something right. like that. I knew I wanted to be in sports, um, but uh, but I saw the impact he was making on, on on a ton of different programs, not just the football program that yeah. I was on. So so I think that was the that was the time that I, I realized this, that athletic administration was was my kind of route and. Um, ever since then, I've been pretty intentional about just trying to, you know, be a sponge and learn as much as I can yeah. in, in order to put yourself in a position to to have, you know, to, to, to get the call someday. And so um, it was pretty special, pretty exciting when it, when it came in. Uh, my wife, Nikki, and I were, were fired up. Obviously, she's she's all in. When you, it, It's not, a, not unlike coaching. Like, you yeah. get into this industry and know that at some point you, you're probably going to have to move somewhere. Sure. You know? Got to go so, where the jobs are. Absolutely. So we found ourselves in the south and have loved Rock Hill, um, loved, you know, York County, and, and been embraced by sure. by Winthrop and Rock Hill um, as, you know, as Northwesterners. And so uh, it was it was bittersweet to leave in this place that's been so great to us and we've learned so much and grown so much. Um, but obviously that's it's a dream come true and, and we're excited about it. So, um so we're, we're fired up to get up there and, you know, dive right in. I think everybody should have an opportunity to live somewhere else. I mean, I started in the Northeast, yeah. went to New York, and then came here. It just gives you a different perspective on what, you know, and then when you travel as much as we have to see the whole country. I mean, sure. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you'll go home with, a, with a, maybe a different perspective than you would have had if you stayed in the upper Northwest. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the last three years we've been here, um, we were talking about the other day, like, this is a place, it's been so good to us, and we've met so many great people. Like, this is a place we will come back and visit, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And I think, you you know, you don't always say that about the places you lived, and this is one of them that we absolutely will, just because of the yeah. people, but also because this is where we got mayor, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole deal. So Hopefully Rainbow Donuts will be on there. And, and we may, we're probably going to come back just to get Rainbow Donuts as well. <laughs> maybe Do we you travel see. around the country looking for donuts? Uh, I don't, but maybe I should start. That's you know? disappointing. Got a right? Portland, if you ever come out to Portland. Well, everybody, Voodoo everybody donuts. knows Okay, donuts. I was making that, sure that's you didn't mean. But they have other ones, too. You know what I mean? Like they have, like, the, the hole-in-the-wall joints you got to see. It's like coffee in Seattle. You don't go to Starbucks, you go to the 
the good places. And beer too, right? Don't they have a really, they have a really active craft beer is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that guarantees that Ken Halpin's going to come. Yeah. Visit. That's exactly right. Yeah, he, he is also an yeah. aficionado. You You're going to have to get a place with a spare bedroom. <laughs> or so, two. So what is your legacy at Winthrop? What are the accomplishments you had that you're most proud of? Outside sure. of David and I. Yeah. Well, uh, outside yeah. Of uh, outside YouTube? of inheriting us and yeah. dealing with us and yeah. now getting out of oh, that's dealing with tough us. Tough to beat, you know, yeah. tough to beat. Um, I think the the that's a really hard question to answer. I think, um, I don't know that it's a legacy, but I think when, when you look, obviously I oversee all of our external operations, so our marketing and our, you know, all of our in-game stuff, but also everything that from a donor perspective, right. um, you know, we've grown our, our fundraising, um, basically doubled everything in terms of our revenue generation. And so that helps propel our, our, our programs and right. so and so I think you we're seeing it in some of the success obviously volleyball and you know last year in spring we had how many programs go to a championship game yeah. and you know we're, we're, we really feel like we're getting to the point at Winthrop and that that we're gonna start seeing a, some championships from a lot of different programs and so um, I think we're, we're at a point where the next few years are really gonna be ripe with with on the field success sure and, and I think a lot of that is because we were able to connect with you know our outside constituents to to help give back and to provide opportunities to grow our programs, whether that's through recruiting or you know program support or scholarships. Right. And so, um, certainly proud of, of the strides we've made there. <clears throat> um, I, I think proud of of the student athletes that we've had come in. I mean, um, we, we've got had some incredible you know student athletes that have you know walked across that stage and so it's not beer here. at the Coliseum. I mean, that's also good too. You know, we've had beer at the Coliseum. Um, that, that's exciting. I think that our, is exciting. That, I'm actually sad that I'm leaving as we got that going because yeah. I really think you're going to see it. And I think we saw it at homecoming last last week. Like, yep. That was a great crowd for like, homecoming. Do you see a shift in college athletics as a whole where some of the things that for so long were stigmas or taboo, sure. like you couldn't do it? Yeah. Like like gambling and absolutely. Alcohol. Yeah. I think I think we're uh, we're definitely seeing. And, and I think beer is a big one. I'm glad that it's that. I think it's it's uh, calmed down a bit. I think there was a, you know, football did it first, right? I think it was West Virginia that was one of the first ones that, that did it. And they found, they found through studies that uh, they were actually curbing the binge drinking going on in the parking lot because you could get oh. one during the game, you know? So there was less dangerous right. drinking going on from their from their fans. And so I think that was the first one, kind of the first domino that fell. Um, and, and, you know, people and administrators realized that, you know, it's not this, you know, we're not doing it for a crazy binge drinking crowd. We're right. doing it for a fan experience standpoint. Sure. And so, um, you know, if we can allow our fans to come in and enjoy the game a little bit more and still stay safe and all those good things, um, it's been really positive. And so we, we did it at baseball last year and, yeah. and, and had a lot of success, um, not only just in our fans, but just their enjoyment of it. We did surveys and they were like, this is, this is fantastic. It's part of the deal when I come to baseball. It's, sure. You know, nice day. And so that's why we, we went ahead and did it with basketball. But um, I definitely think across the board, you're seeing just just being more creative, you know, and, and finding ways to connect with fans and allow them to have a better experience when they're in your doors. Because, you know, across the country, we're seeing attendance decline. Right. And so you, you've got to stay ahead of the game and try to find ways to connect with them. And if, if it's beer or if it's a, you know, fan app on your phone, whatever it is, um, our job is to get people in the in the doors and to and to you know put on a great product and a great show and um, that, that certainly helps do that when you can have a desirable product at the concession stands. With Mike Pacheco, I'm Dave Friedman. This is the Bearded Carcast. Winthrop is at home today, so we're doing a little quick trip to York, South Carolina, to have some donuts and talk to our friend Matt Martin from the Winthrop Athletic Department, who is moving on to greener pastures you can be a part of the show send us an email beardedcarcast at outlook.com you can follow us on all sorts of social medias we would love to hear from you if you have some recommendations of where we can eat and what we should see along the way as we follow the Winthrop Eagles please let us know you're a relative young guy Matt which means as the NCAA and college sports goes through a transition and sees the future, you're going to be in it and you're going to be a part of it. Where do you see the player compensation going? 
I have no idea. And I think that's the real answer that yeah. every administrator is saying, you know, like uh, it could go a million different ways at this point. And so there's too many variables. There's right? so many variables and, and, and you open up one, you know, one new idea and it brings another Pandora's box full of complications to the current system. Um, I definitely think, and I, and I know, like we, the, the days of old are over, right? right. We're, we're moving forward, I think, with with the idea that you know, name, image, and likeness is is something that is very real, and and I think most of us agree that it should be happening. I think the very few um, administrators or coaches are of the opinion that it's a bad thing. You know, right. now I think when you get into paying players and that type of thing, I think that's where it gets yeah. a little more hairy, and, and people probably have some different opinions. But I think when it when it comes to should a student athlete be able to profit from themselves 100%? I think most people agree that, uh, yeah, that's something that, that we're open to, you know? So I'm excited for that. I think it's gonna open up a lot of opportunities um, for student athletes who deserve it, um, that do it the right way, um, you know? But it's gonna be interesting because because how do you, you know, the difference between a Zion Williamson and a, and a student athlete at, at Winthrop is, is a lot different. Right. You know? and, and that's a great question. So. If your name, image, and likeness, you can profit from it, what is the actual feasible benefit to someone that goes to a school at a size school like Winthrop? I mean, if it was fair game, you can't be paid, sure. you can go sign an autograph or do a deal at a car dealership or whatever. Like, could our student athletes be doing well with that or is it kind of minor? Um, I think it really depends. You know, it depends on on the student athlete. It depends on the type of business and the, and that type of thing. Um, you know, but something that you know some I think sometimes gets overlooked is even the idea of a student athlete. You know, using their for instance social media platform, right? Right. You think of our student athletes. There's some of them that have really nice social media followings. Well, should they be able to promote a product via their social media and get yeah, paid some sort of fee? And I, you know, and we're probably not talking about millions of dollars right, here, right, right. but can they make a few hundred bucks, you know, $1,000? I don't know, I, you know, certainly not my forte, but though, you know, I think there's probably opportunities on, a, on some sort of a, a smaller scale. You know, we're not talking about shoe deals here, but um, I, I think there, there may be a market. I, who knows, right? The market's the market. We'll right. see if it if it becomes open. We'll see, but um, I believe that we're heading that way. And and places like Winthrop and what will be really interesting is schools in markets like a Rock Hill versus a school like maybe Presbyterian, which is in Clinton. Obviously, right. more business opportunities right. in certain areas. Maybe sure. that factors in to the recruiting experience. You know, I, right. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Or, so, or, or a situation like you have in the Triangle where you have three schools, yeah. you know, and obviously it'll be probably weighted more to Carolina and Duke, but, you know. Yeah. I think that's the interesting thing. And the other thing, I just because I've been in sports marketing too, uh, and a lot of times, maybe not so much at the Winthrop level, but sometimes you have exclusive categories. How yeah. does that play into it? Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, that's the, that's the, the question. And I think... You know what? What I think schools are are interested in also finding out. One of the other pieces is how does it affect the business relationships and the corporate partnerships that we have as an athletic department, right? If uh, if a corporate partner of ours decides to invest into student athletes, yeah. well, you know maybe they invest in a in the volleyball team, right? Sure. And then well now the dollars that were coming to the university can't go to the tennis team who may need it or whatever right, the case right, might right. be. So. Um, it's going to keep administrators on their toes one way or the other just in terms of the the way that we've we've worked in the past. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what the unintended consequences 100%, are. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And you can, obviously you can't forecast that. You can't. Right? Um, but hopefully with unintended consequences also becomes unintended opportunities. Sure, right? sure, that, sure. That we all, um, you know, what I do know is that is that the NCAA is is working to, to make it a feasible and, and no, I, I believe the NCAA is working to make sure that they they check all the boxes and make sure that we cross our T's and dot our I's so that um, they, they mitigate as much as they can in terms of unintended consequences. Right. But um, boy, it's going to be interesting. Well, and then there's future. fairness, but there's fairness in competition too. Sure. I mean, yeah. there might be some areas that are more affluent and they can spend more money. And sure. Kids will gravitate. I mean, you might be able to stockpile players. Absolutely. Yeah. In theory. In theory. I mean, yeah. If you have the, you know, 
it, it'll be, there's going to have to be so much governance over it to make sure that, that... Do you trust that the NCAA can do that effectively? I think if anybody can, they, they have the, the, they have the resources probably to, to do it, you know, as best as anybody else, right? I guess I, I trust that the NCAA can work to at least, because they, listen, they understand all the, all the details that even I don't understand, right? And, and probably, you know, NCAA compliance is its own deal, right? And, yeah. and I certainly am not an expert in that. I, I, mean, I know enough to, to know what not to do, but, yeah. but I can't quote you the uh, the different uh, you know statutes or anything like that. So um, you know, I think it's it, it's going to be really interesting. What what I think would be a mistake at this point, at least, is to say to heck with it. It's a free market. Do whatever you want because I think that opens up a lot of a lot of issues. Yeah. And, and obviously, we've seen over the last couple of years with you know, some of the, uh, the FBI, you know, investigations and those type of things. If, if there's not some sort of governance over it, there's people out there, unfortunately, that will take advantage of it. And so, um, you know, hopefully we can manage it the best that we can. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think that just an open free market is the answer because, um, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of, uh, unintended consequences if you do that. What's your favorite type of donut? Mm, Good question. Uh, I think it probably ju- probably depends on the day, you know. Like if I'm wearing a suit, like we ever got a game tonight, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suited up huh. yet, like you guys are, but I'm about to be. You know, probably powdered's not the way to go. Yeah, <laughs> powdered's <laughs> probably you know not good. You know, but if you, you don't get, want that jelly donut exactly. just gushing all you over. You know, but if I'm if it's like a Saturday and you know my my wife's not in town or something like that, like a, I like a good a good powdered donut. Then when you don't, it doesn't matter. I like that your wife has to be out of town to have a powdered donut. I just you know like the I get it. Yeah. Like how yeah. many powdered donuts are you throwing down when Nikki's out of town? Like like a whole box of them? Uh, no comment. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 it depends how yeah, good the, the donuts fit, are. The, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Mike, yeah. What, what's your go-to donut? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts jelly donut. Oh, oh you jelly do donut. like the jelly donut? Jelly donut. Wow. Yep. I feel donuts. like that's old school. Do yeah. young people eat jelly donuts? But see, donuts are different from you know, like you have like what the, in, the what's in vogue now is like the cake donut that, that's filled, <laughs> that's right? True. It's really heavy. I mean, Dunkin' yeah. Donuts aren't that bad, but people here in the South think Dunkin' uh, Krispy Kreme donuts are like the norm, which is really more that thin, flaky, yeah. you know, airy more, and then you know they're delicious. No an doubt about it. Mike's an expert. I, I, you know, Mike. I, I've worked, been around a donut shop. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Mike worked at an ice cream store growing well, there up. You ice go. cream factory too. Oh wow! Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, what other desserts do you have great knowledge of? Yeah. Uh, I Cupcakes. feel like I'm a connoisseur of uh, banana pudding. Oh, Ooh. you definitely are. The, I agree. With and that. banana cream pie. Love banana cream and yeah. apple pie. What type of pie do you have to have at Thanksgiving? Do you have banana cream pie at Thanksgiving or just apple? You gotta have pumpkin. You gotta have both apple and well, no, okay. Me, I have to have banana and apple. I like. My mother used to. Uh, she would do like three or four different types of pies, and then she would take a small piece of each and put it on a. We called it the sampler. Right. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Wow. How many different types? Um, usually it would be like a pumpkin, apple, uh, banana cream, and. Either maybe a cake, uh, or there'd be some sort of uh, four or five wow. different types. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How many people? Well, don't forget, I I grew up. I'm the youngest of four, so there were six of us. And so then a sometimes, pie a person. And then some. No, well, sometimes we'd have like one of my aunts or uncles and their kids come over. So. Sure. Well, and sometimes like maybe we would have dinner by ourselves, but then another family would come over and we'd do dessert with them. In your couple of years, few years in the South, Matt, have you had a a fried turkey? You know what? I haven't, and uh, maybe this is the year, though. Yeah, we're doing this it. This is the year. We're doing it. You want to go over? Absolutely. I'm doing <laughs> a fried turkey. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you, I know you like the idea of the fried turkey. You like doing the fried turkey. Mm. Do you think it tastes better? If you if it's cooked properly, it's mm. juicier. No doubt. Okay. Okay. And and because you have to season it, it it's... Yeah. I've it, heard, and I don't know if this is real. Yeah. This is I've heard this. This is all hearsay. I've heard that fried turkey better on Thanksgiving, but leftovers not as good. Oh, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but right? I've heard that. Sometimes. It, you know, if it dries out a bit. Yeah, well, it dries out, and if you overcook it, because we did that one time, if you overcook yeah. it, you can kind of still feel it, taste the grease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But if it's cooked well, and you don't overcook it, it's it's uh, it's pretty solid. You do a little taste test, you know, like... I've had it, Mike's it. fried turkey, and I think it's good, but I don't think it's better. 
you're I think a it's, I think guy. it's equally yeah. good. But I, I, I do like the bake, the roasted. And, and I think basting is underrated. I think yeah, you got to baste. baste definitely got to baste. And you, but that's that. the thing. But that's the other trick with the fried turkeys. You, the, how you prep it. You know, like you got to inject some uh, different... Uh, type, you can inject different types of marinades. You could do like wow. a more of a butter-based thing. Uh, you can then season the outside, which we do with a rub. I mean, you only get you one, don't you don't just throw it into the right, grease. You know? Yeah. If you only get one side, what Thanksgiving side are you picking? I'm going candied yams. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Mashed yeah. potatoes and don't at me. Ooh, <laughs> mashed potatoes. That's well, a, see what what we do at my house. Uh, my father would cut carrots. Literally, like they were all identical. You couldn't take two pieces of carrot and they'd be different. I mean, he right. he was on it. Uh, but do a little bit of butter, put the carrots in the mashed potatoes, a little bit of gravy, mash it all together. It's the science. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. All right, I think we're coming up here, Dave. All right, let's get in on some donuts. We'll come back and we'll talk a little football and we'll talk oh, about... Oh, wait, no, I'm just supposed to turn here. Oh. Our delicious donuts. Oh, yeah. a turn? Yeah, we're at the Royal Inn. Oh, it in looks York. nice. How oh, much do you think that's going for per night? That might be a per hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, call, call up Bill. Oh, there it is, Rainbow Donuts. We are here. Call up Bob Kraft. He's in the per hours. Uh, he is in the per, per hours. quarter hours, maybe. Not perfectly. So, what's this place called? Rainbow Donuts Deli and Cafe. This is the only place I've been to where you can get an apple fritter, a jelly donut, and wonton soup. And if you're and if you're still hungry, you can get a pastrami sandwich and ice cream. I mean, Dave, this might be the most uh, edibly diverse place we've, we've been to. All right, here's the big question. We bought. A baker's dozen yep. donuts. Mm-hmm. How many donuts makes up a baker's dozen? Thirteen. Yeah. Well, not today, didn't sports fans? Uh-oh. I thought that they might have given us a few extras as well. How many donuts did you eat? I had one donut. Okay, Mike. I had one and two thirds because I had half. Of, have... I had half of a half and a half and a half. Now we have fractions going on. Okay. Stuff. Well, I, I had one and whatever the other half was. So okay. that, that means the three of us ate yeah. four donuts. Yes, yeah. okay. And there are ten donuts <laughs> from Nice! Boy. I like it. Well, they knew the bearded car cast was rolling That's in. Right, I really yeah. wish instead of one of the donuts there had been a pastrami sandwich <laughs> and a bowl of wands on soup. Well, oh. I, no, actually, we should have got a couple of lo mein. Mm. <laughs> Cut those carbs out. I yeah. seriously yeah. thought about getting a milkshake on the way out, mm. and I was like... Can you really eat a donut and a half, then have a milkshake and feel yes. good about your? Yes, <laughs> yes, you Whatever can. You want. This is the car cast. <laughs> this is this is America. <laughs> well, you only eat like one meal a day anyway, dude. Right. So it wouldn't affect you. As as I said to a friend of mine earlier today, he was complaining about the field conditions in Mexico City for the NFL game there last week. I said, you know, when it's all said and done, they're not going to build us or pay for the wall, but they are going to pay for an NFL stadium. <laughs> Do you think that's where it's going? I think we're going to a 17-game NFL season where every team plays one neutral site game. I think there are going to be eight games played in London a year so they can sell a full-season ticket package to the London games. And then the question is, where do the other games come from? And I think it's like two or three in Mexico City a year. But don't forget, they can do like a couple at Tottenham. They can do a couple at Wembley. I mean, they can... They can... You know, slice it up however they want. Maybe do a game in Canada. Yeah, Ooh. you could definitely play. I mean, you could do Mexico, Canada, Canada, and England right now. Yeah, but you could also play a game in Germany. You could sure. play a game in Spain. Like, there are plenty of options. But it seems to me that to make the NFL great again, they need an NFL stadium in Mexico. So I, I, I really think we might not get that wall built, but we might get an NFL stadium built because that's what happened in England. They don't want to go to Wembley Stadium anymore. They want a stadium with NFL modern amenities like luxury boxes and club levels. No, no, and all you're, of you're missing the whole thing on that. I mean, that's good, but they wanted to have their own floor. 
<laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, the playing surface is the, the base level at Tottenham Hotspur, and then they have a retractable grass field that only leaves when they play NFL football. And they have a field turf field at the bottom. Right. And then when the, when the NFL leaves, they roll back they roll back right. the grass field, and the grass field is there for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. couldn't they do that in Mexico City? But if you think about it, isn't that's kind of a James Bond thing, right? I mean, like, you hit the button, and, like, the grass field goes away. That's right, yeah. I like the idea of 17 games. I mean, we've talked about 18 I don't like the idea and player safety games. and all of that. Yeah, but, but you don't have a choice. In order to choice. increase revenue, there are Doesn't going mean anybody to be, will listen to it. In order to increase revenue, there are going to be more playoff teams, so there are more playoff games and more regular season games. Sure. That's the way they can guarantee themselves a fatter well, actually, I, I actually, they, I actually should be in favor of this because I get paid by the game. That's true. Yeah, good deal for so, you. I what should, about, what about less? Should we do less preseason games, though? Well, that's yeah, why I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. I'm Nobody wants to go okay. to preseason games. The revenue from those are not nearly oh. what a regular season game. So the product. I'm back to not liking it because I still get paid for the preseason Oh, there you go. He wants a full slate of preseason. And yeah. all so let's regular. do 19 games. <laughs> How about a six-game preseason, 18-game yeah, exactly. regular season, and playoffs that last That's all right. summer? Yeah. That's good. The Canadian League does that. They do 18 games. Do they? It's do they wild. Really? It goes forever. Wow. And they have a bigger field. It's true. And only three downs. Three downs. Do you ever look into playing in an alternative football league? Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, I was not good enough. No. <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> no, it's kind of like I thought about going to an Ivy League school yeah. until they decided they didn't want exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I thought about going to, to Harvard until yeah. Harvard said no. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's got to be a two-way street there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even sure I could get a job at an Ivy League school. It was like a, <laughs> you know, a base-level job. Yeah. We are just nine miles from historic Bradensville. We, we are. Mike still haven't been there we in all We have your not years been. You know, I thought, I thought, well, you know what? That's what happens when Rainbow Donuts comes up. I mean, it was like historic Bradensville or Rainbow Donuts. Rainbow Donuts. And I'm glad we did it because now I know if I have a hankering for lo mein and a jelly donut and some pastrami, I know where to go. Kill two birds with one stone Is this there. the direction of any big south schools? Could we go Bradensville, Donuts, and and somewhere? You could Actually, to... theoretically, I think you could, I mean, it's a little bit off the beaten path. Upstate? Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Oh, going back this way. You could do oh. Gardner-Webb and Upstate. Yeah, those would be... I uh... think there's a chance, Matt, that the Big South sees some sort of expansion in the near future. I don't know. Who do you have in mind? Um, I don't know. It's possible. But That's isn't it also... Question. I mean, everything Someone has is, got football. But it seems like everything is kind of a, a, a hedge or a, a chess piece, right? Because if, if you see the tea leaves and you think somebody's leaving, it, the sure. trend has been somebody comes in. Now, right. the, the big sure. thing is if there's, if there's another massive realignment and things go haywire... Sure. I mean, but from an insurance purpose, the league needs football playing they do. members. They need, right. So if you can get a football playing member, I think they'd probably take it. I mean, right. sure. Or, or, and I don't think it would happen, but or have one of the existing non-football members jump up, which well, I know then, is a huge okay, expense. Okay, that's, that's a great question. You've been at Winthrop enough to hear the people go, why don't we have a football team? <laughs> why don't we study a football team? And yes. It happens every, I don't know, five or six years yeah. that we go through a full, what did you learn when we looked into football? Well, so it was it happened right before I got here. So I've seen the study. Um, I've seen, you know, kind of the, the, the findings that, that they came out with. So he's not the whistleblower. Dude. So I am not the whistleblower, and I am I'm certainly not part of the decision-making process. For those of that one foot one in football, was not here for that. Let I heard re- Concordia is thinking yeah. about a football. There you program. go. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is expense, right? Right. Um, and the other thing is is your um, your Title Nine, making sure that right. opportunities are you know. There's equitable opportunities right. for male because you might have to contract uh, right some men's sports or exactly increase right. yep. women's sports. And right. so I think for you know basically what kind of the the study ended up saying was they felt like enrollment would need to to really increase in sure. order to help fund right um, you know not only football but potentially other sports sure. and and those type of things with student fees or whatever the right. case might be. So um, I think fo- you know football at Winthrop is still an intriguing intriguing idea that I think a lot of people would love to see but but where they where it currently sits as a university and in the athletic department uh, they felt like it wasn't the right fit I don't yeah. think it's you know forever a no but right. but I definitely think um, you know, the, the, the findings I understand where they came where right. they were coming from in 2015 whenever it right. came out but I also think the findings also kind of 
put a blanket on it for now. I mean, I think people understood, okay, sure, this, yeah. this is a big yeah. undertaking. It's a huge expense. And until, I mean, and you need like three or four people or more. Right. I yeah. mean, you need a couple of huge dollar donors right away. Yeah. If you and then you need a lot of other money, people. Yep. Would it work in terms of people in York County are South Carolina and yep. Clemson fans. Yep. Are those people going to skip out on Clemson, South Carolina games to go watch Winthrop? Play? That's the million dollar question, right? Is is can I get you know some of our some of our most philanthropic, diehard Winthrop fans and donors currently you know that are sitting at mid court yeah. or, or you know at the yeah. at our basketball games also sit 50 yard line for Clemson and South Carolina, right? And so you know. Are you telling me that they're gonna they're gonna stop doing that and come support a you know a, a, a an FCS team that is for the, probably for the first few years gonna be on some sort of you know can't make the postseason or just be bad in general because right. it's an upstart team right um, probably a difficult difficult to assess but so I think that's part of it and you know but there's probably an opportunity from a sure. cost barrier standpoint like. There's probably people in York County that don't go to those games because right. they're, it's too far, it's too expensive, whatever the case might be, that you might be able to tap into who are football fans or Winthrop sure. alums that would love to see it happen. So I, I think it's out there, but to your point, convincing our diehards that are you know also spend their fall Saturdays at uh, Clemson or South Carolina would be a tall task, you know? Yeah. And so it would, it would likely have to come, our, our fanhood would likely have to come from people that aren't currently showing up to our basketball or volleyball or baseball games, you know? So it, it's, it's tough. There's certainly talent in Rock Hill, but sometimes you get into that, well, if I can't go to South Carolina or Clemson, I'd rather go away. I don't want to stay at sure. home too. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Can, yeah. Transferring the high school football city USA to the collegiate field a lot easier said than done, yeah, yeah. right? It sounds good, but it's harder to execute. Absolutely. How much work would need to be done, or, or is it even feasible to play at District 3 Stadium, which is practically on Winthrop's campus, or would you need to do something completely different? I have no idea. Um, I don't know how much that's been looked into, but I, I have to imagine, you know, whether it's, you know, working with the city or whoever the case might be, uh, to, to figure out some sort of a, of a facility use, especially for the interim. District 3 would seem like the the easiest and the most you know um, feasible place to play. That being said, right. if, if if we had all the money in the world, in your you know, in your in your theory, um, we have a ton of land on the farm, you know, yep. that would be great for a football stadium. But uh, that's the one thing you know about Winthrop that's that's that most schools don't have that we do have the luxury of is land. we have space, yeah. we have land. And have we considered um, an enterprise that would? help fund one of these things something like a, a donut place that offered <laughs> mandarin cuisine yeah I mean, yeah mandarin cuisine deli sandwiches I, I think we go back to, to, to dr halpin and we put this out in a in a one-page proposal form yeah. and we'll see what happens now, well, wait a minute you, no hold on a minute if we do that though we also have to put some sort of like microbrew craft contingent and maybe a fritter <laughs> there you go yeah how yeah. big were those fritter, fritters a fritter an ipa fritter yeah <laughs> That's very hoppy. Those might have been the biggest <laughs> apple fritters I've ever seen. Yeah, in my those life. are. And I tell you what, so to go back to the jelly donut, by the way, it was. I mean, it was. You know, it had that cakey sense, but it was yeah. light and fluffy too. Yeah. So it wasn't overbearing, and the jelly was delicious. It was. It was well done. Yeah. It's the bearded car guest, Dave Friedman, Mike Pacheco, special guest Matt Martin from the Winthrop Athletic Department, soon to depart for Concordia University in Portland, Oregon. Let's talk about some NFL games. We're getting towards the. Uh, the playoffs, Matt, we'll start with your squad, Seattle and Philadelphia this week. I know you're excited. Are you optimistic? Uh, yeah, I think we'll be all right. Big game for us. Um, I'm optimistic. I think uh, Russell's playing well. Um, had uh, We've had some issues, you know, but uh, I think we've corrected those. We we're finding a little bit of offense, and our defense is playing is the best that it's played with Genevieve and Clowney being unreal and, and, and difficult to block. So I'm I'm excited about my Seahawks. I feel like the Seahawks are in a unique spot where they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But if they can't win the division, yeah. then you're the five seed. You have to play three road games yeah. in order to make the Super Bowl. Like It feels like the final five weeks of the regular season, six weeks, whatever it is, is as big as the playoffs. Because if they don't get that one or two seed, the road is so hard. Absolutely. I think 
the game, their 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 second game against San Francisco, very well could could yep. you know be the be the the, the final uh, the game that matters the most. So that'll be interesting. And Mike, did you know that uh, Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, who was at USC, grew up right by where my parents live, where we were a week and a half or so ago? Oh, you mean the former New England Patriots head coach? <laughs> I, I do. His tenure there was not as bright as the two no, most it was recent not. Stops. So he used to live next to your parents? Not next to, but oh. right down the it's road. It's a better story if he yeah. next door. Oh to your yeah, they, they're, door they're, they're friends for years and years. They they go to wine country together. <laughs> Patriots at home uh, against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys. What the, what's the line we're going with? Six and a hook. Six and a hook. Yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Patriots at home. Yeah, I mean the last couple weeks we've disagreed on the Patriots. I was right with Baltimore, and you were right with Philly. I again am still waiting for the Patriots to prove themselves against good competition. They're kind of like one and one against good teams. I think six and a half is a lot. I don't love the the coaching matchup by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I like the yeah. I'm with you on that. I I think the coaching matchup I think obviously favors New England. Uh, Patriots defense looked sharp last week. I think they got. But their offense stinks. Offense stinks. (laughs) It's a work in progress. And Mohamed Sanu might not play this week. But they're home. Yeah, they're home. They're, They're. you know, they're so good at home. Do you believe in the... The Ravens look like the best team in the NFL right now. But it's it's mid-November. Something tells me the Patriots are going to look like the Ravens do a month from now. Is there such thing as peaking too early? I think there is. Um, I don't know that I'd say peaking now is the wrong time. I, I think you want to go into the final six games playing your best football. And pre- predominantly, the, you know, December. But, uh, I mean, I think the teams that... Yeah, I mean, you look at teams. It's look at look at the Panthers couple uh, last year. I mean, they started off what were they like six and two, yeah. or and then you know obviously Cam getting hurt didn't help them, but uh, you could say they peaked too early. Of course, injury was a big part of that. But it feels like the air has been let out of the tires of the Panthers. People were high on them two yeah. weeks ago. It feels like somebody's burning wood. Is the smell I'm <laughs> yeah, smelling? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> no, literally, we're in York, South Carolina, York County, so we're in the middle of nowhere and hang a left. <laughs> doesn't doesn't smell like fresh donuts anymore. No, not anymore, no. So. I mean, like, like the Panthers are nine and a half point dogs at New Orleans this week. Do you think they put up a good performance? Maybe not win, but at least show good. Or do you feel like the air has been let out of the tires and it's a disaster? No, I think this is the exact same thing as last year when they faced the this time they faced the Saints at home. Remember, yeah. and people thought they were going to get blown out, uh, and you know they still lost, but it was a close game. Look, I think this is a backs up against the wall mentality with the with the Panthers this week, and you know it's that fight or flight. I mean, and I think I think they're going to play well. I mean, I'm I not guaranteeing too. a win, but I mean, look, Ron Rivera's teams traditionally last six weeks have have generally played well. Last year, notwithstanding, uh, now you don't have Cam Newton, so you got to factor that in. But well, that that continues to be the big story, and we've talked it into the ground just like everyone else has. If if Kyle Allen isn't good then it's kind of a moot point. But if he's even close to average, you got to think they're throwing the the A effort in this week. Well, and look, for him, and he even admitted this yesterday at, at, at his uh, weekly press conference, but look, he just can't turn the ball over. Right? Yep. I mean, you know, if he's throwing two and three interceptions, they, they don't have a chance. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just, Especially in the red zone, like it was yeah, last Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't throw a red zone. In, yeah. Yeah, no. I kind of like the Panthers this week. Uh, I mean... The points would concern me on that one, but... Yeah. Um, what do you guys make of the college deal right now? Tua Tagovailoa is out for the year, and Alabama continues to sit in fifth, but there's going to be shake-up up top because teams play each other. Do, do you think if it comes down to Alabama and the winner of the Pac-12, it's Alabama or it's Oregon or it's Utah, the winner of that game? Being a West Coast guy, I'm always going to vote for, and I, and I really, you know, Pac-12, a Pac-12 guy growing up, so I believe that it should be somebody from the Pac-12. I think that uh, there is a little bit of a bias. I know nobody out here wants to believe that, but there is, because um, I'm one of the few that stay up. I know you are, Dave, that stay up and watch that 10:30 kick on Saturday nights. But uh, He watches the 1.30 yeah, basketball. I was going to say, how about, yeah. how about Fresno State and St. Mary's oh, 11 last yeah, night? Yeah, wild. Um, so I, I think you, you know, Oregon and, you know, Oregon. If they, we get pulled over Auburn. by that sheriff, can we offer him a couple donuts? Does Absolutely. that get us? We get could, but I was over? going about 10 miles under the speed oh, limit, so I think we're safe. You know yeah. what we're doing. 
Um, I, I think <laughs> those Oregon, damn bearded <laughs> car cast guys. I think, have a bear claw. <laughs> have a bear claw. He loves those. That um, damn bow loop duke again. <laughs> Oregon played Auburn to the wire early on, granted, but I mean, I think they can compete with anybody in the SEC. Right, but um, if it's if we're talking about one loss Oregon and one loss Alabama, Alabama's without, losses to without LSU. Without Tua, though. But without Tua. But in this scenario, they would have beaten Auburn without Tua. But don't you feel like there's also like an inherent edge? You're like in basketball, if there's a if, if there's a like a 50-50 between like Duke or North Carolina against any other Right. You know, the committee usually tends to find a way to prop them up. Yeah. And I wonder if the same isn't going to be true here. Right, but the head of the committee is Oregon's athletic director. Yeah, that's true. True. That's true. I just, I in these situations when I don't have a dog in the in the hunt, you know, when, when I'm, when I don't really care, I usually go for chaos. And so I, I vote for, put put Utah in there and see what happens. See if they can mix it up, you know? Yeah, it um, worked out real well with Notre Dame last yeah, year. Yeah, well, there's that. But but at least, the, I don't mean, know, I, I think it's good to have, while there's four teams in, and I'm a big proponent that there should be eight teams oh at least. Oh, my God. I think don't, yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole other spiel. Now, let me ask you this about yeah. the eight teams. What you commonly hear is go to eight teams, but you have to at very least win a divisional championship. Sure. In that scenario... Alabama is not going to be a divisional champion this year. You're going to have eight teams and not let Alabama in? Which is why I don't believe there should be eight teams. I think there should be at least eight teams. I think they should just mirror it just like they do in every other every other division of NCAA football and have an actual playoff with yeah. at least six, six teams. teams. Yeah. FCS has, I think, 24 yeah. now. Um, it's you know. Well, I like the 24 because oh, eight great. buys. And you get eight buys. You you. You finish fifth in the country, and hey, you get rewarded for yeah. that. You get a bye. You finish twelfth in the country. You get rewarded for that. You get a home game, and then if you're in that bottom eight, you're 17, 18, 19. Hey, you're in the dance. You have to go play a road game. You you sequence it in such a way that there's motivation to be top eight, next eight, and that last eight. Absolutely, yeah. And and I think I'm a, obviously an FCS football guy. I watch it every single year. Um, hoping that Eastern Washington will get an at-large this year. Yeah. My alma mater, they probably were right there, but but haven't played. What are they ranked? Uh, they're not ranked. I think though, if they win this on Saturday and you get a little help, they may squeak into the playoffs. But if you, you don't want to see them in the Who playoffs, who do they play this week? They got uh, Portland State, the Vikings. So uh, uh, so, so uh, now now that you'll be living in Portland, this is a game that in the future you may be able to attend. Yeah, absolutely, head on over there, and yeah, it'd be great. Where you're red? Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so I love even when Eastern Washington is not in it. I love watching the FCS playoffs. It's cold weather, you know. Like a, a team can go on a run that uh, you yeah. know one you know went seven and four in the regular season and gets hot and can go on a run and and, and make a little noise. Um, I think it's great. It's fo- it's great football and it's exciting. And those fan bases are just absolutely um, you know hanging on every play for however many weeks they can stay alive. It's some of the most fun weeks of the year for me as a fan. I still think App State, who's made oh. a tremendous transition yeah. to FBS, made a mistake because they can have an amazing year and end up in a bowl game that nobody cares sure, about on right. December 21st as opposed the to trying to win. The Gasparilla Bowl? Yeah. Exactly. As opposed to trying to win a national championship. Right, but if we go to where I'm saying, if we go to a, a 16 or 24 Team playoff, App State has just as good a shot as anybody. Love well, they'd be 24 right now. Exactly. Let's yeah. do it. So, uh, that I really believe that it has to be expanded. I know that nobody wants to do that on the national scale um, in terms of the, the pundits on FCS TV. How does FCS do it in terms of they're still playing 11 or 12 games, yeah. and then they're playing a whole playoff bracket on top of it? Um, I mean, it's a gauntlet. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know... My senior year, we were, I think we went thirteen and two. Like it was a, you know, it yeah. was a fifteen game schedule. Yeah. But um, you yeah, know, when you get into the playoffs, so I mean, you kind of throw out cares, the air, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and some of the, and I've and heard it's of, so few teams. Right. I mean, when when you talk about playing for the national title, yeah, you might be playing a 15th, 16th game, but there are only two teams doing it. Absolutely, right. yeah. Right. And, and those two teams aren't, and when they're playing for a national championship, aren't complaining about how tired they are. Yeah. You know, right. right. Um, and at that point, they're also probably. In the in the Christmas break, right? Sure. That was, uh, you know, I think that, that gets played out a lot. Is well, it, it's finals week, and yeah. you know, it, you don't want to miss class. And I certainly understand that. But um, yeah, you're, you're playing. 
the further you get, you typically get into you know past finals and, and um, you're playing in the middle of break, so you have nothing to worry about. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of it. We're mostly back from York towards <laughs> Rock Hill, mostly getting back. ready for tip-off between Winthrop and like Tennessee sort of Tech <laughs> tonight. Um, with Matt Martin and Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman. Before we let you go, though, Mike, we haven't talked about this, but I think you were at the press conference. There was a big announcement earlier in the week about the Big South Conference Tournament. There was. It's going to be uh, starting next year. So starting with the 20, uh, 2021 championship, there will be uh, the men's and women's basketball tournament will be at the uh, Bojangles Arena, which is uh, the old cricket arena, the old Charlotte Coliseum. It's on Independence Boulevard. Uh I know the city's excited about it. It replaces the CIAA tournament. That I don't think you can replace the CIAA well, tournament. Not in. I don't think it. Not financially, but it does in using a spot. Yes. Um, no, I totally agree with that. And it's. And it's I mean, look, it's, they're not going to have the parties and the, the, the everything that came with the CIAA. You know, on the positive side, you're not necessarily going to get immediately with the big. They're going to have to build all that. But that. So, but it's replacing, but not. Uh, taking over is maybe the better way to put it. Sure. Matt, I presume that you have some knowledge yeah. of what went into this. And obviously, you know, the, the huge ingredient is the financial incentive. But from a basketball standpoint, how do you now make the regular season relevant if you're not playing for home court advantage? Right, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it is different. Um, I think you just look at it as it does matter for seating, right? And right. I think we've seen... Um, you know it, how important matchups are, and, well, and do you think about going to a double buy, maybe? So that, and, yeah, and that that's maybe part of it to make the, the number one seed more valuable. Exactly. So and I don't know. I have not been part of the conversations in terms of what that looks like, but I do think um, there needs to be something that makes that one seed extremely valuable and those buys valuable. But um, you know, so so in the um, from the basketball standpoint, you're right. You do lose the home court advantage. Um, but, uh, but from the administrative side, I will say so much easier for our fans, so much easier for, um, you know, you the administration. Well, so it's a home run for Winthrop because you're playing on a true oh, neutral great, floor yeah. and you're, you're close to home. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, but even, I still maintain, even if they had picked Winston-Salem or one of the other options I know they were looking at, um, it's still it's a win because you can tell your donors and your fans where you're going to be. Right. Um, you know you can you can plan out events to get out into those communities and, and right. do some fun things. Um, and, and you know, for, and the other thing is from a listen, we we love hosting hosting championships. We have a volleyball championship coming up this weekend. Um, it's it's awesome, but boy, it does tax your resources and your people, sure. and especially at a at smaller schools like like those in the Big South. Um, and so. You know, when, when you're putting on the Big South Championship Tournament, even you look at last year, if if things went the right way, there was a chance if we had continued winning, yeah. we would have had to turn around on Sunday and host Come a championship on, yeah. game at home, which we would have been happy to do because sure. you've been playing for a spot in the dance. But but telling I just, I have your this staff to be ready to do it. That you get, um, you know, a few years down the road, and it's whatever, well, Charleston, it's only th- Southern, and Hampton in the championship game sure. in Charlotte, and there's, you know, 30, 700 yeah. people yeah. at the game. Absolutely. That's the fear. And it looks terrible on TV. That's the fear. Yep, absolutely. But I think if you look at the the teams over the last few years that have been in it, uh, granted it's, it's been at a home court, but, you know, Winthrop would travel there. I think Radford fans would travel in order, you know, um, some of those teams that have been Gardner, Gardner Webb's fans would travel. Um, right. oh, I, but that, but then it's going to be incumbent on whoever's in charge of selling sure, seats to, to, you know, go to, you know, maybe yeah. you go. How hard a sell is that? You are now tasked with selling the Big South Conference Tournament in Charlotte. It's a big facility, right, Mike? It's about 8,000, yeah. 8,500, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so what would be a realistic number of tickets that they could sell outside of, you know, yeah, okay, your team's in the championship game. You decide to jump sure. on the bandwagon and come. But, like, how many people could they expect to have? That's a good question. I don't know. I think I think a lot of it is the, the nice thing about Charlotte is the corporate market, right? Mm-hmm. So you can you can sell to those companies and, and give you know give a get blocks of tickets, those type of things, and just for something to do for their employees or their fa- or their right. families or whatever. Or go to get get like large groups. Like Absolutely. School, like yeah. Schools yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, so uh, AAU program, like I, things like that. I do think you know Charlotte's a good choice for that versus something that's a little bit more. You know, rural that that uh, it's tough. I mean, you have more people to draw from. It Absolutely. doesn't make it easier, but no. at least it gives no. you more opportunity. Yeah, but 
but I, I think uh, so you have to focus on that and then you know it's also on on the schools to you know continue to promote their programs and and build this thing up to you know get our fans to come and, and to be loud and enjoy it you know for for us we have a vested interest in Winthrop to say hey fans get up there and make it make it a home court advantage for us you know we're we're lucky that it's in Charlotte and not in Hampton you know yes and let's let's go up there and even if we're not the one seed we can feel like the one seed by sure. getting our students up there and bussing fans up there and and making it as rowdy as possible so you know we're, we're certainly happy that that it was picked closer to us than than uh, some other schools yeah. and hopefully you can take advantage of it Granted, I'd rather be the one seat no matter what. Absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Matt, uh, absolute pleasure having you on the beer. Hopefully this won't be your last bearded car cast, but no. the next one might have to be in uh, Portland. Yeah. Uh, you guys come up, visit anytime. We'll drive around. We'll show you all the spots, you know. Don't dare us. Portland's really, really yeah, nice. We, right. we might get on the road and get there. I'm working on Pat. You know, we can figure yeah, out. Yeah, Coach, yeah. Coach Kels, maybe we can get a little... Well, home and home, you know. I like it. <laughs> home and home, yeah. I like it. Well, MTE action, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I'm buttering them up slowly, you know. Doing some road work here in <laughs> yeah, Rock Hill. You could yeah. hear that. <laughs> we didn't get in an accident. Bumbling gently, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been a tough week for this car. Yeah. But but uh, but no, I, we appreciate <laughs> you guys for uh, for the work you do. We're excited about uh, the year, and I'll be watching uh, from afar as I depart here. I think we have a really good team, and I already told Ken when we're in the when we're in yeah. the dance, uh, you know, make sure you, you you leave some room for me. I'll buy my ticket, you know. But uh, I'm excited to watch this team and excited to to uh, stay tuned and stay in touch for sure. Well, I think Dave will echo what I'm about to say, but uh, you are definitely on our list to be uh, in charge of West Coast operations for the Bearded Car Cast. <laughs> oh, boy. So we do have a few other people we, we need to interview, Okay. but okay. your candidacy looks good. Absolutely. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I'm... Uh, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you I, know. I appreciate it. Don't call, <laughs> don't call, don't call us, we'll call, we'll call you. you type of thing. <laughs> All right, there you go. I'll, uh, I'll tweet this to, you know, all seven of my followers. And yeah, that, you know, nice. It'll be helpful. Well, tell them it's beardedcarcast at outlook.com if they want to send an email. <laughs> and they can always follow along at beardedcarcast. There you go. Love it.